Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cheats Movement Podcast. I am your host, Cheats, and this is brought to you by the Family Podcast Network. I'm actually really, really excited today because we don't really do quote-unquote emergency podcasts, but this is a podcast that I will say popped up on the schedule, and it is very timely. I'm joined by uh, a longtime friend, a servant leader, and now someone that has entered the race to uh, succeed the late Donald McKeachin in the 4th Congressional District. I'm joined by Senator Jennifer McCullen. Senator, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be with you this morning. Now, I was trying to kind of put everything in perspective for myself Obviously, Virginia has suffered a great loss with the passing of Donald McEachin, and it and it leaves a void in our community, especially here in Central Virginia. Uh, it also yeah. leads a void in leadership in the halls of Congress. You have decided yeah. to carry on his legacy and also forge your own legacy, and I'm I'm interested in because it happened so fast. We were just with Congressman McEachin campaigning. Um, yeah, I, I was honored to be able to for the first time I was redistricted out of the seventh into the fourth. So I was able to vote for him for the first time this past election. Um, what leads to what, what was, what's been happening with you and what leads to the decision to take up this particular challenge and and, and run to succeed Donald McEachin in Congress? Well, First of all, um, his passing was a huge shock, and and um, and not only was it a shock. I mean, you know, he was a friend and a mentor. We we first met when I was at the University of Richmond. I was a Cigna scholar, scholarship for black uh, students, and um, he and his law partner Donald G were mentors to mm. the scholars. Um, and then. Uh, when he ran for, when I became a lawyer, a young lawyer in Richmond, you know, everybody knew, you know, McKeachin and G, the co-holders of the largest personal injury claim in Virginia history at that point. Mm. And I was this baby lawyer, like, oh, wow, like that, how can I be like them? <laughs> uh, I, I had been involved in politics. So when he ran for attorney general, I was third congressional district chair and was campaigning with the ticket. Um, and then we got elected the same day to the House of Delegates, you know, he for his second tour of duty. And that's when we went from sort of, you know, kind of caught like, I don't know, mentor, mentee to friends. Sure. And when he got elected to the Senate, we partnered on a lot of issues together, um, carried bills together on everything from fighting predatory lending to strengthening our anti-discrimination laws. Um, and then when he ran for Congress, um, I succeeded him and we continued that partnership. So what made this really difficult was first, it's, it's always a shock. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. When you lose a friend unexpectedly and you're dealing with that, then you start to deal with the fact I've got a life altering decision that I have to make. And one of the first people who I, he probably would have called me <laughs> and said, you got a decision to make, let's talk this through. And so having to do that without him 
um, while mourning him was very difficult, I, I will admit. Um, but the more I thought about it and the more I, I talked to my family, I, you know, I got into politics because I wanted to make government a force for helping people and serving people. So at the end of the day, I asked myself, where can I do the most good for the most people? And, and came to the decision, this was the natural progression of my servant leadership, my work in the General Assembly, my work in this community, and that I could carry on Donald's legacy in Congress just as I've been doing in the Senate. So that's how I, I got to that decision. I'm going to ask, look, take me behind the curtain, because I know when we have to make life-altering decisions, uh, you'd mentioned it. Uh, the late Congressman Keechan would have probably been one of the first people on the phone with you. I often think of, obviously, uh, my my wife and my partner and kids at a certain age. Uh, you have two, Jack and yeah. Samantha, and they are, and they're how old? They're so, um, and this is their artwork behind yes, me. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, so, so Jack is 12. Right. Um, Samantha is seven. Um, oh, by the way, we have a four-month-old puppy who that's, you can probably that's hear. Right. hear, and I apologize. He's like oh, right no. under my um, because I didn't have enough chaos in my life. So oh, oh. It, it, it also was, you know, how how disruptive will this be? I was gonna ask, so I was gonna ask. I was leading to this with with obviously, and I knew um, Samantha and Cam, my son, are around the same age. Cam's eight, so it's like yeah. at this point. Take me behind the curtain. Do you have a family meeting? I I have, in full disclosure, people know this, uh, especially people that listen to me. I have known uh, my the first race I worked on, uh, your husband Dave was working on as well. It was an 05 yeah. gubernatorial race for Tim Kaine. Yeah. So uh, do, do you, at this point, with two at that age, do you call a, <laughs> do you call a family meeting? Do you talk well, to Dave first? Who who do you call? Do you call, look, do yeah. you call Delegate Bastardville? Like, who's on the phone? Um, no, no, no. Make this so, so, I mean, the first, uh, okay. So those that know me know it takes me a minute to get to a decision because I've got to analyze it from every perspective. Look, That's I'm, always, I'm, yep. Capric yep. I'm a Capricorn. I'm a, like, That's right. We share, we share near birthdays, right? Yeah. People tease me. If you watch Star Trek, I'm like, you know, I'll vacillate between, you know, Kurt, Dr. McCoy and Fox. <laughs> Oh, like if I'm, if I have to make a decision. I go in full spot mode. Like, all right, what what's logical? So my first call was to some mothers who serve in Congress that I'm friends with, and I just asked, like, what does this look like? Like, tell me what is the daily schedule? Like, what am I getting myself into with kids? And you know, Grace Ming, um, who in in New York uh, has mm. young children. Um, I talked to Abigail Spamberger because she yeah. you know, makes that same drive. Uh, you know, just to name a couple, uh, Jennifer Wexton, just to say, what am I getting myself into? And once I had that information, um, then Dave and I had to talk and we actually scheduled it on the calendar. Oh, no, you did not. <laughs> we did. You did not. We did. Oh, and, my goodness. And we sat down and we talked about it and we thought, you know, we thought about it and 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 prayed about it. And and it was like, you know what? The schedule is not worse than the schedule I have now. And in a lot of ways would have more predictability. You know, you don't have you know, you have a set end date 
Um, you, you, the, the schedule for next year has already been set in Congress, whereas with the General Assembly, you know, who knows if you're going to go into overtime and have sure. these these special sessions. Um, and, and, you know, we take that back I, with the General Assembly. We know we're going to go into overtime and we know we're going to have it happens every year now. So, yeah. Yeah. So so from my family's perspective, it was like there was a certain predictability. Now, then and then once Dave and I were there. Um, then we talked to the kids and, you know, I had already run for governor. Mm. Um, I was in the house of delegates when they were born. So they, this is all they've ever known. So I told <laughs> when I, when I asked Jackson, he said, well, we have to move. And I said, no. And he was like, yes. Okay. Do it. <laughs> and then, um, when I talked to Samantha, she said, are we going to have to move? And I said, no. And she's like, Okay. <laughs> um, because she actually said, she's like, mommy, don't take this the wrong way, but I'm kind of glad you didn't get elected governor because I didn't want to leave our house. And I was sure. like, fair, <laughs> that's fair. There's always these, uh, silver linings when something doesn't work out. And I, I and I, I, especially for families. And yeah. I, and I mean, we go back to, you know, horrible times for me in 2016, but I do, remember not even having to have you know not having those conversations about oh are we gonna have to move is anything gonna have to happen it's like and it's like i i told people that pe you know people don't fully understand especially with families with young children like the weight and the stress of just change just just change in yeah. general can bring on yeah. folks yeah. um let me ask you this because you do all you, you know you do the research you do that you have the conversations and this week earlier this week uh, you announce, and, and since you've announced, and, and other leaders are announcing as well, it, it it it's all kind of it's it's I've never seen after following <laughs> this just like how these dominoes work in such real time. It really seemed very frantic and chaotic. Chaotic. We're talking today on Friday, and now with yesterday's news that uh, Delegate Bagme, who I know is a tremendous leader, and obviously was was you know, contemplating his own decisions has decided to uh, suspend his campaign and back you. Seems like, um, you know, so certain kind of public servants that it was kind of confused or split decided. Uh, I think they've made a, a really good decision to support your efforts to go to Congress. I'm really, really excited to see that. But it's just so frantic. How do you balance out two things here? meeting people and letting them know, hey, this is happening. The primary is Tuesday. And also starting to think like, I actually have to have a message. I know you have a record, a very successful one, but you're meeting people. You're telling them to come out on Tuesday. But do you, do you even at this time kind of cr craft out like, hey, what are, what are my priorities going to be? Well, I know that. I mean, so look, I was a Girl Scout and the model motto is be prepared and yeah. and sometimes you don't know what you're preparing for but you're still preparing mm. um and so remember i i got involved in politics and and in the party um 30 years ago when i went to college more more than 30 years ago now um i have been in the legislature for 17 years uh representing this area i grew up you know, the sort of the northern part of the district. I grew up in the southern part of the district. I've kept those ties. 
um, through my community service, through my service with the King Commission, I've been all over this district, including Southside. When I ran for governor, I intentionally did campaign events in the Southside and in, in Brunswick in particular. Um, and, and so I've stayed connected um, to this district, which, which I'm not introducing myself in the way mm. that a candidate might, you know, in a, in a normal campaign. Um, but it's a one week campaign, you know, the, when the governor set the election, this was a one week primary, which is crazy. Right. Um, but I already had a message and my message has been the same since I ran in 2005. And that is, I am running to be a servant leader who helps people who will focus on making sure our kids have good education they go to good schools that aren't falling down, that you have access to healthcare, um, that you have access to a good job. Um, and I, and I've been work my, my record on those and other priorities is part of that message, you know? And so my message basically is I will carry the same constituent services focus, the same servant leader focus and my same priorities that I have had for the past 17 years to Congress. And they align with Donald McEachins. I will continue his legacy um, on day one. Um, and I will work and fight for you. That has been my message for 17 years. So what the what we really have to focus on now is there's an election on Tuesday, December 20th. There is. 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. in seven voting locations. So um, we're getting that out. You have done things in Virginia's General Assembly. Oftentimes you pointed out Sometimes, you know, oftentimes in the minority, but you've been able to get things done that I think Congress is really wrestling with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of them in particular that you mentioned was uh, protection of voter voting rights is something yeah. that was particularly passionate of yours. We kind of see through Congress, through the courts, there is almost an, I would say, an assault or an attack on voting rights. These yeah. are things. It's uh, not almost. There is. Yeah. There like is. these are things that. I, I, how do we prevent? And I know, obviously, you know, Congress is one thing, but how do we prevent going backwards on things like voting rights, on reproduction rights, on the environment? How do we prevent going backwards? And, and yeah. even just like in public service in general, because Congress is one thing they're going to, we obviously, we need good leaders like yourself there doing the good work. But I'm looking at the landscape of kind of our nation and, and feel in many ways uh, where, you know, there's this push to to take people that look like me and you backwards. How do we how do we stop that? Well, the first step is to recognize that that's happening and it's always happened. Um, I, I will preview pretty quickly. Um, I just well, I'm almost finished <laughs> an article that'll be in the University of Richmond Public Policy Journal on the history of voting rights in Virginia. And it and it shows how from 1619, mm -hmm. really 1607, the very first vote in Virginia and in our, our, you know, American history, there was voter suppression. And there was this cycle of an ideal of a government by of and for the people that only applied to 
white land-owning men. Mm -hmm. And how do we make that true for everybody? And when the federal government stepped up and committed to expanding voting rights, then Virginia was dragged kicking and screaming. And when the federal government retreated, Virginia suppressed, you know, black votes and That's Native cool. Virginia Indians and, 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 and the like. Until 2020, you know, 2020, when Democrats took control of the General Assembly, when you had members of the Legislative Black Caucus in key positions, and we went from, we passed legislation going from the, the second hardest state to vote to the 12th and now 11th easiest state to vote. And then Marcia Price and I passed the Voting Rights Act of Virginia. Mm -hmm. So now Virginia is a leader. We are the first state in the South to have a Voting Rights Act, and it is the strongest in the nation. Now it's time to take that to Washington and finally reauthorize the Federal Voting Rights Act and pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. And I am very passionately committed to doing that. And, and another you know, big reason I'm running is whether it's reproductive rights, um, climate action, voting rights, we've done the work in Virginia, but your access to voting rights shouldn't depend on what state you live in. Your access to abortion shouldn't depend what state you live in. We can't fully address climate change on a state-by-state -state basis. So I've done what I can do here. Now I need to go fight at the national level to make sure that, that, that we're able to do that in Congress. I could not agree with you more. This is state senator, now candidate for 4th Congressional District, Jennifer McCullen. It, it, it is a pleasure to be able to uh, follow what you have done in Virginia for, for such a long time and be able for you to decide kind of what is, is best for, for your future and your family and, be, and being able to see it. I do agree 100% with what you said in regards to kind of priorities. Your priorities seem to have always been kind of rooted in, and honestly, moral compass. It's like, it's kind of like your priorities don't have to change when your moral compass pretty much stays the same. And 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 that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. As you move through this, and again, everything seems to be happening at a frantic pace and at real time. <laughs> um, and, and, and honestly, if if things go according to to the planes that you've made and lay out, you, you know, there'll be an election. I believe the general election will be there's a primary on Tuesday. So everybody needs to get out on Tuesday. Then there's a an election in February. Correct. I believe the governor set the date. February 21st. Yes. And then and by that point, Congress has already started. Right. They do. Well, they'll do one of those immediate seating swear like Election Day. You swearing in and you're and you're hitting the ground running. Uh, I think <laughs> I, think so. I, I take until Friday. I mean, usually that you have till Friday for provisionals and everything to get certified. So it might be Friday. It's, it, I mean, none. I mean, obviously you have to take this one day at a time. You have to, you have to take this like one day at a time, one hour at a time. Um, but I will say that the people of the fourth district would be uh, obviously they already know this as well. And I am now in the fourth district. They'll be very well served, uh, Senator, uh, if they were able, you know, if if everything goes the way that uh, you are planning out and, and hopefully the way that uh, I hope to see it as well. I make no bones about it. I was honored to be able to uh, I was honored to be able to vote for you 
uh, in a primary because I'm, I'm in a place that I, you're not my local representative, but I was able to vote for you in a primary. I'll be honored to uh, pull the trigger for you on Tuesday and moving forward. It's it's an exciting time. I guess the last thing I'll ask before we before we exit here and you go on with a full day of campaigning. <laughs> um, what what should the people know? And I think you've articulated a lot already, but when they go to the polls on Tuesday and vote, what's at stake and what the what should the people know about your candidacy and what you're trying to do? You know, for 17 years, I fought for you in the General Assembly. I fought to give your kids a good education in buildings that aren't crumbling. I fought to protect and expand your right to vote. I fought to keep our community safe from gun violence, to expand healthcare, affordable housing, and solve your problems. I will take that same dedication to servant leadership to Congress as your representative in the fourth district. And then the process will make history uh, by finally sending a black woman to Congress from Virginia who can represent the unique perspective of black women. Um, I'll, and I'll also represent the unique perspective of working moms. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm running for you to serve you. I ask for your vote. I ask for your support. And I frankly ask for your prayers. That is that's that's the closing argument. That is <laughs> Jennifer McCullen. You can start voting. I, I don't know if there's early, but I know you can vote on Tuesday. There's not early vote. Okay. Tuesday. So you have to come out on Tuesday. Make right. sure that you check where the polling place. Not all polling places are open. It's only a select so number of like, polling places. Yeah, uh, Richmond. It's uh, diversity. Richmond uh, uh, up on north side. We'll put it up. We'll put it up. You don't. Okay. Have to, you don't have to tell everyone. But get, I think the key here is to make sure that you get out, and make your voice heard. Uh, Jennifer tells a story. The senator tells a story about, and we talked a lot about voting rights just now, but. You tell a story about your grandparents and your parents and the, and the restrictions that they had to vote. So I I, I will never uh, take for granted because that's that's the same story of my grandparents and and, and my great grandparents and my parents. And uh, no matter what people say, I don't think anyone should take these opportunities to go out and vote and make your voice known. Uh, don't take them for granted. Go out and vote. Make it happen. Where can everybody learn even more about yourself? Follow your priorities. Where's the website? So it's jennifermcclellan.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Jen, two N's, McClellan VA, and Facebook, S-E-N, Jen McClellan. Excellent. We'll have to leave it there. Senator, please give your family uh, my best, as I know it's as chaotic for for Jackson and Samantha and, and David as well. Best of luck as you uh, move forward. Uh, and you know, all the way, hopefully, to the uh, to the halls of Congress. Thank you, Cheats. I'll see you soon. All righty. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cheats Movement Podcast, a special edition, and it is important. Make sure you go out on Tuesday and cast your vote. Clearly, you know who I'm voting for, but you can vote. But vote. Make sure you go out and vote. Be a part of the process. Uh, and, you know, if you want to, make sure you uh, vote for Jim McCullen. Uh, so... <laughs> We'll be right back uh, after this. Actually, we won't. This is a special edition. So until next time, we see it. Yeah. Yo, yo. I'm trying to play living. Right. See you at the airport.